I met you in the summer To my heartbeat sound We fell in love As the leaves turned brown And we could be together, babe Hi, here we are in Chamonix. I'm Lucia Leonard and I'm the host of Summer Trails Chamonix and I'm here today with Anna-Marie Watson. How are you, Anna-Marie? I am absolutely fabulous. Summer has definitely arrived in Chamonix and it's just looking absolutely stunning. It is so lovely to be here. It is, isn't it? <laughs> so what actually brings you to Chamonix? Well, I have to say Chamonix is my mountain home and it has been since 2000. Um, I've been really lucky to have an apartment here, um, partly because I've been a bit of a global nomad. Um, and I kind of sat down and did the math and in 19 years, I think I moved 24 times. And this was partly because I was in the military, I was um, serving overseas, I was working in the Middle East, living in Australia, and Chamonix has very much been a constant. My parents bought an apartment here back in 2000 after coming and skiing um, for literally a week. Um, and then six months later, we came back and in the summer, fell in love with the place, um, bought an apartment. So it's where I've spent Christmas, um, New Year, summer holidays, I got married here. So it is very much, it is home, but I do not unfortunately spend as much time as I would like to. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I think everyone wants to just live here permanently, don't they? <laughs> um, so in terms of running and Chamonix, I mean results, you've got a background of Ironman before you got into ultra running. And the last two years have been absolutely immense in terms of results. So in 2017, not only were you first lady at Grand Trail Comayeur, 105K, you were first at Half MDS Future Ventura, you were first at Extreme Energy Devil's Challenge on the South Downs, first at DB Max Duathlon Series at Castle Coombe, um, but you were also seventh lady at UTMB in 20 hours 32. Seventh lady, I mean, that is phenomenal <laughs> I know I know I still can't quite believe it myself um, it, it was just more than I could dream of to be honest even standing on the start line of the UTMB was a dream come true and I have to admit my first ultra was actually the CCC back in 2008 which was the third year that it had been run and even then standing on the start line it was just such an enormous challenge. I knew I was going to get around, I'm not quite sure how, but I definitely knew mentally I was going to do it. But the thought of even tackling the UTMB at that point, I, it was just beyond me. Like physically, mentally, emotionally, there was absolutely no way. It just seemed for kind of superhumans or something. <laughs> um, so even to stand on the start line in 2017 was just like an amazing achievement. It was a journey of you know so much training so much kind of tweaks to my lifestyle so much time invested in it but ultimately you know I love being out here I love exploring the trails and um, so it didn't it didn't matter how I did it was it was like I remember being on the start line and you know the music comes on and yes there was the odd tear I will openly admit <laughs> well even when you're standing in the spectating crowd you cry so <laughs> not surprising <laughs> And then, I mean, last year, 2018, you were eighth lady at TGC in a very stacked field, so Trans Grand Canaria. Fifth at MDS, you were first at Round Gozo X Terrain, second at Cappadocia, and then first at the inaugural and extremely brutal um, Oman by UTMB. <laughs> Um, but not only that, you were ranked seventh lady um, in the Ultra Trail World Tour ranking, which, I mean, that must be something to be super proud of because that is just awesome beyond awesome. 
<laughs> the good, the good old UTWT um, point system, yeah. Um, in 2017, I didn't quite um, work out how you actually got points and what it actually meant to rank in the annual ranking. So having done the UTMB, that was the only UTWT race I, I did. So clearly I didn't rank. So yeah, 2018 was like, right, I'm going to rank this year. <laughs> okay, let's do Transgrand, MDS. Um, I was lucky to have a place at because I won one from half MDS. Um, yeah, so that kind of got me up into the rankings. Um, I have to say this year it's not something I'm kind of quite playing the game so much. I've got kind of different events coming up. But, but yeah, but I mean, we've had some great adventures having done. You, you were there for Transgrand, half MDS. Yeah. I'm won by UTMB. So no, <laughs> definitely a bit of uh, running and travel going on there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And how does it feel? Because um, obviously you perform really, really well in a lot of races. But how does that compare to when you don't perform like how does that affect you if you have a bad race versus a, a good race um i mean mentally it's a lot of it is is mental and, it, and it's almost you know a good base and a bad race it comes back to what do you actually want from that race how does it fit within your season is it an a race is it a b race is it a c race is it kind of a shakeout um and i mean that kind of comes back to the bigger picture yes when you're in that moment it can be pretty kind of horrific and quite emotional and you, you know you, the, the thoughts kind of cross your mind you know why am I bothering let's just DNF you know and make it all stop everything hurts <laughs> um, though you know I've, I've kind of had to fight through that I remember doing Grand Trail Kumaya, um and I'd lost both toenails big, big toenails and that bloody hard um, and you know that's a, it's a technical course a really technical course far more than UCMB um, and yeah, I think I had a bit of a torch battery issue kind of going on as well. <laughs> oh, yeah, um, I've experienced that before. <laughs> Not fun. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, but that's the thing with ultra running. Kind of, you can do so much in your preparation and your training and your recovery and dialing into your nutrition and your hydration. You've got your race plan. Uh, but ultimately, there's an element of luck in there almost. You can't kind of control everything. So I kind of bring it back into, you know, what can I control? What can I influence? Everything else is kind of beyond that. And ultimately, it's about the experience. However you do in a race, you will learn something to take away. And often, yes, they're kind of relearnings, but I think they're just as important, to be honest. Um, I know, you know, this season hasn't started off as well as I'd liked it to be. I mean, yes, the result was there, but I didn't perform. And for me, you know, particularly working in the world as, as a performance coach, for me, it's all about the performance. How can I be the best that I can be? Um, that's not other people. That's not, you know, the competition. It's me. How can I show up on that day and be the best that I can be? Um, and no, it always doesn't go according to plan. And often, yes, it's frustrating, um, but it's how you deal with it afterwards and move on ultimately that's important. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and what are the key things in your training then that have made a difference from you know, barely scraping through cutoffs at your first CCC in 2007 to, to now, you know, aiming for podium finishes and, you know, win, like winning races, finishing well. What, what's been like the key changes you've had to make in your training? <laughs> oh. <laughs> I, think, I, think, I think the first is actually having a training program is, <laughs> is probably um, is key. Um, you know, looking back to the CCC in 2008, um, my training program was... Uh, limited is I think probably been a bit generous to be honest um you know I'd done a couple of marathons beforehand I was living back in the UK at that point I'd done the Everest marathon the year before so and I've always kind of trekked and hiked and uh, you know having spent a lot about here I kind of know the trails was there any tra training program no was there any speed work strength and conditioning nutrition plan recovery and no there was nothing um 
And it wasn't really until I moved to Australia and kind of got into more of the triathlon world, I then started appreciating actually, you know, the elements of cross training, of your speed work. Um, and I was part of a, a, a triathlon club there. I didn't have a program per se. I wasn't working with a coach at that time, but I was kind of a member of a club. And I was just starting to discover how you structure a program. Um, it wasn't until I moved to the Middle East and I was training for the Marathon de Saab. Um, in 2015 that was when I first started working with a coach and actually to be honest working with Danny he is a triathlon coach but we kind of cross the triathlon world and the ultra running world which for me it gives me the diversity which I really really enjoy um, but I think probably the important thing was he gave me that structure which gave me the consistency but also the recovery as well if I was left to my own devices I would just go off and do stuff because I love swimming running cycling blah 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 blah. and i wouldn't like have a rest day but if my rest day is in my program or an easy session is in my program it's like nope danny says i need to rest danny says i only need to do an easy session and it gives me permission to like put my feet up and chill out otherwise i do have a habit of kind of running myself into the ground and even in the past looking at some of the races i've packed into seven months i mean that period that you mentioned from utmb half mds trans ground and marathon this up for me that was too intense by the end of mds I mean, my performance there was not great. Um, it wasn't as best. It wasn't as good as I know I can race. And I was tired. I was fatigued. You know, bordering on burnt out. So I kind of, you know, took a step back. And you know, I didn't have a big race until the end of the year. So I had a big block from April due to, through to November. Off. Okay. Yeah. There was maybe the odd half Ironman triathlon in the way. But that's <laughs> that was kind of different. <laughs> <laughs> Just some yeah easy races yeah, in there. <laughs> easy races. So yes, yeah, so coming back to your question, sorry, going off on a tangent here. Um, it's just very much been that structured program. It's been the recovery side of things. And it's been with the racing as well. You know, what is important and targeting those key races. Um, very much, you know, 2017, it was all about the UTMB for me. I didn't get in in 2016, absolutely gutted. Um, got in the ballot the year after and everything that year was tailored to it. I didn't race much because for me, if I go and race, I kind of, I want to race, I give it my all. And actually sometimes having more of a structured training block, be it over two, three, four, five days out here, that's better training value than going destroying myself in a day on a 50, 60, 70K somewhere. Yeah. But you know, ultimately everyone's different and it's part of that kind of discovery um, journey finding out you know what works and ultimately once you found out what does work it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work next year or in five years time so it's like an ongoing thing yeah and I mean as a performance coach and just as you personally you speak a lot about mental strength so what sort of techniques do you use like either prior to to racing or training or when you're out on the trails um, to keep you focused and, and pushing hard so I mean a lot, a lot of it it comes back to it's not about being in that moment it's it's embedding it within your lifestyle so for me yes i do have an element of meditation ingrained within my daily habits so that is each morning and that for me is setting myself up each day to be proactive rather than reactive looking at the phone being distracted being kind of pulled all kind of places so it is very much okay that 10 minute headspace and focusing on my breath coming back to that intention coming back to that um focus and that kind of leads into my training. You know, when I have a training session within my day, I want that to be quality training. I don't want to be distracted by, you know, work or what I should have been doing or an email and he's answering. I want to be able to do that speed session or that long run and very much dial into my body. How am I feeling? How's my heart rate? What's my pace? And all that kind of, that balance between, yes, the subject of how am I feeling, but also linking it to the data. Because actually a lot of the time you can use the data um, 
to um, to kind of to, to monitor yourself. So you're kind of you know performing and training your best. So it kind of it does come back to that focus. Yes, within your life, within your training, but also within your racing. And for me, I do a lot of visualization, um, particularly in a race. I want to know exactly what the route is, where the checkpoints are. Um, be that a distance be that an elevation so I, I generally have it kind of like mapped up on my office particularly if it's an a race um and i will kind of walk myself and talk myself through that if i can get out and wreck your route even better and if it's an a race like you know the utmb or ccc this year i'll be spending time on the trail so i just find that that familiarity gives me a lot of kind of confidence um, that i can kind of link into so even then when you're running, it is very much about, okay, so what are you thinking about? So, you know, I was out last night um, testing some um, head torches on the way up to Floria. And it's very much about being in that moment. I don't want to think, yes, I'm leaving here today and, you know, it's going back to UK. And clearly I'm not exactly happy about that, but I don't want to be focused on that. I want to be in that moment being fully present. And I know that it sounds in a way, it sounds really easy, though actually we distract ourselves and bewitch ourselves so much and sometimes you could get trapped in that kind of that negative cycle particularly if you've been going for like 22 hours and everything kind of hurts and maybe you you know your nutrition plan's not going quite so well or you've tripped or something okay so what do you focus on how do you bring yourself back and you know is there an element you know i was in the military for nine years an element of kind of discipline and kind of getting through and getting stuck on with the process and the task you know there might be something yes that i have kind of drawn from that but it's it's very much um you know what what do you focus on you know the strategy sometimes it comes down to the counting game if it gets really bad okay <laughs> one to twenty. Oh, go be <laughs> distraction of a dog go be found a friend um, yeah so you know one to twenty and back again anything beyond twenty i lose count <laughs> so yeah and, and and a bit of food as well sometimes it, it's kind of it's that mental chunking chunking things down as well um, into making it manageable. When you think about an ultra, it can just seem so big, and it kind of comes back to the metaphor of an elephant. How do you eat an elephant? One mouthful <laughs> at a time. How do you break an ultra down? One footstep at a time. Mm-hmm. And you know, training for something like the UTMB or a multi-stage, it's such a massive goal. It's such a massive achievement for anybody to do. How can you break that down into you know one park run at a time, one 10k at a time, a half marathon? So, you know, I very much use myself as an example, hopefully to encourage others. You know, I came, basically nearly got timed out of the CCC in 2008. And then, yeah, 2017, I can stand on the podium in the top 10. So yeah. if I can do that, then actually, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can't. <laughs> if you put your mind and body to the test, yeah, and train hard, then it's possible for anyone, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. Very, very, very much so. Yeah. Because, yeah, I mean, in your past, you weren't always a fit um, ultra runner. You've no. You had my, your own challenges. <laughs> my, my father, bless him. Um, I remember coming back from university, I think it was second year, and I'd done a fair amount of um, drinking and enjoying myself in Manchester, <laughs> shall we say. And my, my father took one look at me and went, you're getting a bit chunky, aren't you? And clearly I was absolutely mortified. And I've kind of, yes, I'll admit there's been an element of me that has held on to that label. Um, as, as you do, you kind of hold on to words and um, how you associate with yourself. And even, you know, when I was in the army living in Germany in the officer's mess, which I kind of likened to a bit like um, halls of residence at university, though you get paid. And when you've been away for six months in, you know, Afghanistan or Iraq and come back, 
you know, you clearly want to enjoy yourself and there was a fair amount of drinking that went on. Um, Champagne Friday afternoons were (laughs) kind of a weekly tradition, should we say. And I look back now at pictures and hardly recognise myself. I was definitely as my father said a bit more chunky (laughs) a bit chunkier (laughs) and yeah you know my diet wasn't great I did drink a fair amount and yeah now that was my 20s and definitely very much in my 30s um I have kind of dialed into my nutrition I've worked with a nutritionist I've had you know my DNA tested to see genetically um what works for me and then also you know i regularly get um blood tests done through medichecks just to see you know what things are like um because i do there is an element of when you're racing ultras you're putting a lot of stress on your body and how is your body responding to that you kind of don't often know what's going on inside yeah and what so what's the medichecks um what does that involve so there's a series i mean you, you can get like an individual if you're looking into a certain like I don't know hormone or vitamin D or iron so you can get like individual ones or you can get packages um so I had an ultimate performance which you know they're not cheap it's a couple of hundred quid you're looking at um and you go and get your blood give your blood kind of a couple of vials and then they do a complete panel check um dialing into everything from hormones to immune systems to cholesterol to uh, insulin so yeah literally across the board um and you know when I've done a big race um it's you know a week two weeks three weeks later how is your body recovering uh what are your iron levels like what is what's kind of going on and how's it ultimately influencing your hormones as well from kind of your monthly cycle uh, which does kind of come into things I've had you know periods delayed by a week 10 days and you're kind of like wait what's going on here <laughs> um, so ultimately you know it is having an impact on your body and it's it's quite a new area of and there's there's not that much research kind of going on so it will be interesting to see in the next kind of five ten years what studies are being done i know that ultra x when we were out in um sri lanka and dr daniel longman he was doing a study on yes the cognitive level and also the impact of cortisol on your body and then actually well what does that have on the rest of your your body so you know it'd be interesting to see the results when they come out from him yeah yeah i know i've seen a lot of people talking about it on social media getting the blood test done and, and things like that so yeah has there been times when you've got your results and you've made changes then to your diet or lifestyle because of what what's come out in the report so i think it, it's always important to remember that it's literally it is a moment in time mm. um and what I often find is actually the results just tend to kind of throw up more questions. Um, the <laughs> Go the distraction again. <laughs> you like. Um, so yeah, so coming back to, you know, any blood test, it's literally, it is a snapshot at that moment in time. Mm-hmm. So often, you know, the results, it doesn't actually reveal the reasons behind why things why the numbers are what they are and yes it will be and like there's an average range and you may be low within a range or high within a range but that's very much a range for like a normal person yeah and ultimately a lot of the sports that we're doing it's not what a normal person would do so it's you kind of have to kind of take them for what they are and you know often you i'll go and see my gp and trying to explain 
my lifestyle and what I actually do is so beyond the realm of like an average person yeah it's difficult to kind of get that context so I do very much um try and seek out working with someone who kind of gets what you do which is kind of few and far between and that's still an ongoing journey for me to be honest yeah and um, trying to kind of find someone who I can work with kind of longer term to be honest um so what tweaks have I done it's more just a wake-up call to reduce stress in my life and rest a lot of the time because those are the two key things that yeah. kind of when it everything kind of accumulates so it comes back to that sleep um and and yes and it encourages me to look at my diet again a lot of the times we do get stuck in habits and eat the same kind of for breakfast each day or for lunch each day or for dinner each day and actually sometimes it is just a bit of a kick and up the bum to kind of vary my diet more but mm-hmm. also to make sure that i am actually eating enough particularly if I'm having a heavy training block, there are times when I don't think I'm actually eating enough and it's just making sure that I am, yeah, fueling, fueling myself properly. Yeah. Um, and what sort of things then in terms of nutrition, what's your, your diet look like? Because a lot of, like you hear a lot of runners now are, are going on, you know, raw food diets, paleo diets, all the rest of it. I mean, what, how do you eat? What do you eat? Do you eat everything? Are you on a, a strict diet? I mean, food is so personal. It's yeah. such a complex, tricky area, and the emotional ties to it, it's <laughs> just an absolute minefield. Um, and I will hands up admit I love food. When I was in the army, I trained as a food specialist, um, <laughs> and that was an eight month course, you know, learning uh, you know, about the nutrition and the food logistics cycle, and I found it absolutely fascinating. And ultimately, within the army, you know, the army marches on its stomach. And, yeah. um, you know, we all do, particularly within running, it is so key to fuel ourselves. And a lot of the time, towards the back end of races, people kind of, the lack of energy bonk is because they've not managed their nutrition or they've not been able to stomach it, which, which is um, really tricky. So, you know so for me you know everyone they're going through their own journeys and you know experimenting with you know whether it's vegan or paleo or whatever i'm i'm just an advocate of it it's, it, it's real food mm-hmm. i want to be able to pick it up and if it has got a label on then it wants to be you know less than five items ingredients and i want to be able to know what each item is as soon as you're kind of getting random e numbers in there or some kind of that looks as if it's fitted for like a chemistry lab it's <laughs> ultimately it's not food it's yeah. some kind of man-made process concoction that is being designed to look like food yeah so it is coming back to you know your fresh your fruit your veggies um your meat dairy for me you know it, it I, i've never had any issues with it when i had my dna checked down you know lactose it's intolerance it's not it's not a it's not a factor for me mm-hmm. um oh, oh. <laughs> it's busy and shampoo with dogs today <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear, Gobi, what you like? Oh. So, I, you know, I also bring it back to my macros as well. Am I making, getting enough protein? Am I getting enough of the good fats going on? Um, yeah, you love okay. your avocados, don't you? I love my avocados and mackerel. And nuts <laughs> and my fish, yes. Um, and carbs, you know, refined carbs, for me, they don't work so well. And that was, and again, back to the DNA fit. And I, I was experiencing kind of you know, the, the sugar highs and the sugar lows and the crash. And, you know, my, my diet, it used to be, you know, cereal for breakfast, a big sandwich for lunch and a bowl of pasta for dinner with a bit of sauce. Mm. And, you know, now it is very much, you know, I'll get up and it's breakfast will have eggs of some form with... Um, veggies or my egg banana scramble favorite with maybe some full fat <laughs> yogurt some red berries some nuts lunches you know your meat and your veggies and dinner is pretty much meat and veggies in various kind of forms yeah um and then when i'm racing as well i want to be using nutrition which is 
you know, it's as close to natural as it can be. Mm. I do, you know, a lot of time make my own kind of bars out of date paste and nuts and stuff. And then the brands that I do work, like Velo Forte and 33 Shake, you look at the ingredients and you recognise them. Yeah, they're real, real food items. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just made up in an easy consumption form. Yeah. <laughs> okay, and in terms of like alcohol is a bit of a, a big thing as well. Do you drink? at all or do you just drink occasionally i think i drank enough in my 20s to last a lifetime to be honest um so so now i mean don't get me wrong i do enjoy a good glass of wine um but it is very much quality over quantity now um mm-hmm. and even now thinking back over the last week i know that we had we shared a bottle of prosecco the we other did. night which was very social and very nice but that i have to admit is probably the most i've drunk in a good month six weeks yeah. other than that it's been i think i had like half a cider in a beer garden in bath the other week because it was a beautiful sunny day and you know a glass of wine with dinner with friends yeah. um and and that is is basically it we have got um a wine kind of rack at home and the wine that's been sat on there has been there for a while um, when I do the DB Max events the prices are generally wine and that's what stocks yeah, the wine cabinet, wine cabinet. <laughs> yeah because I have to say I've been experimenting having the month of May with pretty much no alcohol come the, the bottle of Prosecco the other night but um, and it's definitely made a big impact on terms of how I feel every morning and heart rate so yeah it's definitely something in there I think and, and it's it's the sleep as well I find that if I yeah. if I'm drinking now I will try and it makes me sound really bad like afternoon lunchtime drinking yeah. um, but actually by then by the time I get to sleep it's out of my system mm-hmm. so I'd rather have like a nice glass at lunch yeah. and then it's more at night it then disrupts my sleep and then that'll impact the next day and you know as you say tracking with HRV um, in the morning and I've got, you know I also track kind of the sleep cycle yeah. and kind of my, my Garmin the whole body battery thing on the new Garmin you can see you know the data how that impacts and how your heart rate will elevate you know even just one glass of wine it tends to go up from like you know 42 to 44 which yeah is it is it is a lot and then if you're getting like a not a great night's sleep as well then ultimately that's impacting on you know how quality is your training going to be the next day so it is one of those like really kind of things like I, I do like a nice glass of wine but i think the less i drink the less my body can then cope with it yeah and yeah. i know that going kind of going back to the dna fit my tolerance for alcohol is not great my liver does not process it really well so i know that if i am drinking then i'm putting even extra kind of pressure on my liver yeah. which if i'm kind of racing and training hard my body's got enough kind of stress and pressure going on which i know it's really sad because you go and do like a race and you want to celebrate afterwards <laughs> you want to go and have like a nice glass of wine and actually that's probably like the worst thing you could probably do yeah because you know you sleep after a race you know for me i find my body's in a bit of a shock anyway yeah. and then if you add alcohol into the system what is it doing yeah yeah which it, it does make it tricky i mean socially a lot of our you know activities meeting with friends and family it is all designed around alcohol so then how do you navigate that maze yeah. i know that you know my family my parents they like a gin and tonic six o'clock gin and tonic time they like a glass of wine with dinner most nights um, <laughs> so then how do you integrate that without being antisocial? and often i'm kind of over i don't i don't mind i'm quite happy going out and having a sparkly wine but it's almost it makes other people feel uncomfortable i found that too it's like you're ruining their (laughs) evening by you not drinking it's like how how does that work (laughs) and it's like you know catching up with friends as well who've known me from like 10 years ago that's just party on it yeah we'd be out until like four o'clock in the morning dancing on tables (laughs) 
and yeah when you kind of catch up with them that's almost what they expect from you yeah and I've kind of changed yeah a lot since then. though the uh, 0% alcohol um, beers I've found have been quite good and you can get them everywhere around Chamonix um, but then if you're out and they're cheaper than normal beer <laughs> but you can still Win-win. look like and feel like you're having a cold beer on a nice hot summer's day being social and no one actually bats an eyelid so yeah zero percent is good might have to might have to <laughs> try them out it does have the carbs and the calories though so you know you can't just go and knock back a six pack and think oh it's just free you know free beer it's not <laughs> so yeah you have to think about it but it's an option I had that after the maxi race because, you know, you felt like I'd been out for seven and a half hours, kind of deserved a beer, but I had a zero percent and that felt quite refreshing. I I did have one on the balcony the other day. Because that's the thing, it's that refreshing kind of like nice. Yeah, like a mini reward as well. Well, there are, oh, come on, let's be honest, there there is the macaroon shop in Chamonix. Yeah. (laughs) For a different different type of little sugar hit going on there. So what's next for you then? Um, You've got a race coming up in a few weeks? Clearly, clearly. (laughs) (laughs) The start of the season, it's May. Everything kind of starts coming together, which is is exciting. Mm. Um, Yeah, clearly I... uh, I am based in the UK, but most of my races are predominantly overseas, to be honest. Um, I can just as easily jump on the flight from Geneva to wherever. Mm -hmm. Um, And it takes so long to get up to like the late district office. Scottish Highlands um, so yeah I'm bona fide fair weather athlete I make no excuse for that whatsoever so my next race is in a month's time um, it is Labrador and Dolomites part of the UCWT trail it's a race I've wanted to do for probably about three or four years now but it hasn't kind of quite fitted in with race schedule or family weddings and other mm. social commitments um, but I've heard so many amazing things about it and you know I have been um, told by a couple of different people that it's more beautiful than the UTMB or CCC so Ooh. Ooh, controversial contentious, contentious. <laughs> so we shall see we shall see so so yeah I mean it's got an 11 o'clock start which at night which I Ouch. always find a little bit antisocial um so I'll be working around that, um, but no, looking forward to looking forward to that bit of a shakeout for the season. See how it goes. Still pretty early on. Um, and how far is that one in elevation? Oh, so it is 120k with oh 5,800 meters. Mm-hmm. I think. So, so it's fairly chunky. Yeah, it's got a bit of a a bit of a kind of a kick to it. So yeah, we'll see how that goes. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, and I've got kind of various bits and bobs doing the Bosch 3000s in a couple of weekends time just as a social kind of leg stretch lead into Labrador. Um and then towards the end of the year I've got the CCC so I'm going to be going back I'm looking for a PB we want that shouldn't to be, be too hard <laughs> I'm going to beat the 24 hours and 59 minutes thank you very much and um, by how much um, we shall see yeah um but no it'll be great to be back in kind of Chamonix I've yeah didn't do any of the UTMB series last year kind of as a bit of a break and then focusing on Oman as well um, so it'll be good to be back in I mean Chamonix will be bursting full of ultra runners as yes. the, the mecca everybody kind of descends mm-hmm. and clearly you're doing the UTMB as well yes um, so. yes I need you to hurry up and finish before my race starts <laughs> so I can see you finish before I go no, no not sure about that yeah. um, I'll see you in either yeah Sean Pex or Valacine I'll come round okay. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. Um, and then, yeah, six weeks after CCC, I've got Grand Rad, which um, 
it's a bit of a tight turnaround for me to be honest um, and I don't know how that's going to impact on you know which which am I kind of focusing on more CCC Grand Rad I, I, don't, I haven't worked that through in my head yet to be yeah. honest um, but Grand Rad is um, I need to do a 100 miler to go into the ballot for Hard Rock if I wanted to because my UTMB for 2017 is now you know null and void mm. so if you want to kind of keep playing that game yep. <laughs> you kind of have to go and get the points um, but no Grand Rad again I've heard some amazing things about it and it, it is like the precursor to the UTMB so it is like a proper classic on the on the ultra trail yeah. and again I've had my eye on it for a few years so it'll be amazing to go there um, Ben my husband will be yeah he's in support for all races actually all three races bless right. him his, his holiday um, gets used up supporting <laughs> supporting me oh that's true uh, love <laughs> yeah he's very well trained in it um, so yeah so that's what um, 2019 looks like and clearly you know a few random smaller bike things and shorter stuff back in the UK just that falls as part of the training programme so no it looks yeah. looks exciting and I, I will be out here um, over the summer for a few kind of training blocks um my, my aim is to very much in the summer be able to work remotely um, which I'm lucky to do kind of working for myself yeah cool so we'll be seeing lots of you in Chamonix then yay <laughs> <laughs> and so you're a keen promoter of women in sport um you know been fairly vocal about that but have you got any plans to do anything with that in terms of elevating that somehow I know you're working with find it film doing a few film bits here and there Mm, good question good question mm. um i wouldn't say i have like a a strategic kind of project master plan it's more what opportunities kind of emerge and yeah and it, it's not just kind of the whole women in sport it's like everybody in sport to be honest yeah. it's like human beings in sport um i think you know we can all um whatever we do inspire others and like, you know i've across my network I kind of look you know on Facebook and see some of my friends who taught themselves to swim in their like 30s or got themselves off the couch and done a 5k and then that's gone on to a 10k so everybody has very much within their capability to encourage others so for me if I can use you know what I'm doing and hopefully someone will see what I'm doing and it might inspire them a little bit more my story will encourage them um, I know it's really easy to see somebody like a moment in time and think oh they're super sporty they're an elite athlete and there's all these kind of like labels and categories which is all just bullshit to be honest um, we, we all had to start somewhere and yeah. we all have it within us I know it can seem really tough at the time and you know work and life and if you you know got a little bit too much weight and you don't even know where to start and you you, you kind of eating emotional eating or a bit stressed or anything to do with the whole kind of mental health side of things though no one's going to do it for you you kind of you need to take responsibility for it and get on with it um and yes i'm always open to kind of working with you know anybody who will encourage others the whole um female side of things it's you know there's been opportunities that have come through and very much the whole kind of the, the period campaign you know that is one of the barriers which stops women so okay so let's talk about it and people don't talk about it no. so actually by just putting myself and you know for me in a way jumping on board with that project I had to kind of get outside my comfort zone because of, you know, a lot of social and cultural perceptions. It's like, oh, you don't, you don't talk about that kind of thing. Oh, that's a women monthly kind of shh, yeah. um, brush it under the carpet. But, you know, it's a massive thing to navigate. I know if I'm doing a multi-stage and I got my period, it's a complete pain. Yeah. Um, but you kind of work through, you experiment, you talk with other women, you kind of work out how they've managed to circumnavigate it and you kind of get on with it. Um, 
how people deal with it. Um, you know, there's various different ways and, it, you know, it's a very personal choice. But ultimately, I think if we're having these conversations, it's a start. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Good rant for a little bit more. <laughs> and so you're a performance coach and you're also doing uh, running coaching now as well. Um, so tell us how can people, if they're interested in working with you from either side, how do they get in touch with you or follow what you're doing? Yeah, no, definitely. I'd love to hear anyone's kind of, you know, where they are in their journey, um, how they work through kind of the performance mental side of things and, you know, the running as well, you know, what, what, what is it um, that, that works for you? Um, ultimately, by having these conversations, we all kind of learn from each other. Um, I've got my website, which is um, www.rfmcoaching. So RFM stands for Reach For More. Um, and pretty active across various social on Instagram and Twitter as well. So that's um, at RFM Coaching. Um, so yeah, so I, performance coaching wise, I predominantly work within kind of the business world. Um, though the running coaching is kind of a, just emerged organically. And that's a lot of the time I kind of find with a lot of projects that I become involved in. It's just by chance encounters and conversations. So having done various events, I started having people approaching me asking about running coaching. And yes, you know, I've got the experience, but I didn't feel you know qualified in inverted commas to be able to work with people yeah. so I kind of took myself off and did the coaching and running fitness course through England Athletics and it was it kind of it's a bit of a two-pronged thing it was a really interesting consolidation of what I know because I was like actually gave me that confidence like I actually know this stuff yeah I've I've absorbed it over you know years and years and it's there um it it kind of gave me the structure as well and it also refined you know a lot of the drills and skills and breaking it down which actually then is kind of fed back into my running and proved my running so you know if anyone is kind of furthering their running career almost I'd kind of encourage you to kind of go and do a course like that because it does give you that chance to be able to stand back and look at your technique which ultimately within running it all kind of comes back to um, and now you know I can't run anywhere without looking at other people's running <laughs> techniques and like oh what kind of foot strike have they got how they're holding their body oh where's where are they looking and it, it you know it does it breaks it down and it gives you a lot yeah. so so yeah um all good yeah. all good great and um so just a couple of yeah quick fire questions to finish up so (laughs) no pressure (laughs) who or what is your favorite running inspiration who or what is my favorite early inspiration (laughs) i don't have a single person there is no like one person i just think it's more the general and i'm often more inspired by the people who go out there and finish at the end I have been there I know what it like what it's like mm-hmm. and having been at the back the you're out there for so long and the determination and effort that anybody who gets around and finishes has my utmost respect okay favorite running book oh favorite running book favorite running book oh it's it's not really a running book per se book I kind of it changes over time but my one at the moment and it's not really a running book it's more about the female um, physiology is Raw by Dr. Stacey Sims mm-hmm. and it is absolutely an eye opener and I would encourage every single female to read it it just helps you get to know yourself so much better and it, 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 it really supports your training because a lot of training cycles um, are based on you know kind of like three or four week cycle around like like a male 
yeah. and their hormone levels are the same throughout the month. Mm. Whereas females, our hormones vary and actually our training should vary around them because the times of the month when your body can handle stress better and other times when you need to dial it back. So actually by being able to kind of track your cycle, you can then plan your training around it far more effectively. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it would be great if we could all plan when our racing was yeah. when we're going <laughs> at the low hormone time. It doesn't quite work like that. Um, but no, I'd very much encourage any female, any coach who is working with females, and to be honest, any bloke, because they then have a far better understanding of actually females. So that is one book I'm very much championing at the moment. But it's not just for running, it's for, you know, any sport, to be honest. Yeah. Any life. Yeah. Okay. And what's your favourite running food when you're out on the trail? Ooh, <laughs> running food. Oh, man. Uh, uh, <laughs> so many. It kind of depends. <laughs> probably getting the idea I quite like variety here <laughs> yeah that's a good thing but I do have I generally do have an avocado in my drop bag okay yeah avocados. a bit different and I know the whole nutritional fueling thing it's probably not the best in the way your body processes fat <laughs> though it's just for me I do I love avocados and it is more the the texture of it and it's savory it kind of breaks things up yeah I mean I probably won't have the entire thing but you know even during the UTMB I got to come my uh and my husband had half an avocado with a spoon in it yeah. and it got demolished. Very good. And your favourite running trail? <gasps> That's probably Chamonix, impossible. Chamonix, but anything, Chamonix. anything around Chamonix, <laughs> to be honest. If you get up, um, like going across from Plan Prado up towards La Blanc, it's just stunning. The views are just beautiful. And I've, you know, I've been up and stayed in the hut there um, several times and waking up in the morning and you get that perfect reflection yeah. and then you can like head off on the trails again on like kind of that two three day adventure nice is, is beautiful yeah. yeah and do you have a fave running mantra things are getting tough is there anything that you say to yourself over and over on the trail you can do it <laughs> you can do it simple but <laughs> yeah doesn't need to be any more elaborate than that does it no that's true cool well, thanks for chatting to me today and good luck with Lavaredo. Looking forward to seeing how you get on there and hearing all about it. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you won't be stopping to take photos, but um, <laughs> you can explain the scenery afterwards. Yeah, no, we're heading out for a few days beforehand, so oh, okay. hopefully there'll be time for photos then. Perfect. Um, but yeah. yeah, no, thank you so much for having me on um, your podcast and I look forward to kind of discovering who else you're going to have on <laughs> over the rest of the summer. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Well, happy running. Yeah.